0: Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here.
1: Philippians chapter 2. Have the attitude of Christ. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose don't be selfish don't try to impress others be humble thinking of others as better than yourselves don't look out only for your own interests but take an interest in others too you must have the same attitude that christ jesus had though he was god God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Shine brightly for Christ. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I'm away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life, Then, on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice and I will share your joy. Paul commends Timothy, if the Lord Jesus is willing, I hope to send Timothy to you soon for a visit. Then he can cheer me up by telling me how you are getting along. I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. All the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. But you know how Timothy has proved himself. Like a son with his father, he has served with me in preaching the good news. I hope to send him to you Just as soon as I find out what is going to happen to me here, and I have confidence from the Lord that I myself will come to see you soon. Paul commends Epaphroditus. Meanwhile, I thought I should send Epaphroditus back to you. He is a true brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, and he was your messenger to help me in my need. I am sending him because he has been longing to see you, and he was very distressed You heard he was ill, and he certainly was ill. In fact, he almost died. But God had mercy on him and also on me so that I would not have one sorrow after another. So I am all the more anxious to send him back to you, for I know you will be glad to see him and then I will not be so worried about you. Welcome him with Christian love and with great joy and give him the honor that people like him deserve for he risked his life for the work of Christ, and he was at the point of death while doing for me what you couldn't do from far away.
0: morning, City Life. So good to see everyone here today. We're going to continue out of the letter in Philippians, and we're going straight chapter 2, and there is so much here that we can cover, but let's zoom back for a minute and go back to chapter 1. This letter is written from prison. This is kind of like a letter from lockdown by Apostle Paul, meaning he's a teacher of Jesus reminding us of who Jesus is and a local church in a city, Philippi, and encouraging them of their support to partner with Paul's ministry to go out and share and carry the good news on. And then during that encouragement, he's also giving some kind of coaching and some teaching instructions. And as we read the Bible, we're able to look at what it meant to the original audience, and then also start to let it wreck us. And the Bible is still working me over and over and over and over again. In fact, let me see, does anyone got a Bible? Let me just put that real high. Has anyone got like an actual physical Bible? I know we're going digital right there. Oh my goodness, that thing is, it's moving. It's alive. What's going That thing is alive. You imagine if you just saw a furry critter or something, you'd be like, whoa, right? The Bible is alive, it's living, it's breathing. Just like in those movies where, you know, the book gets opened or Jumanji and whoa, you enter in the Bible, the never-ending story. As we enter in, I want to increase our expectation today that the Bible truly is alive. Today I've titled, When You See Me, You See My Team. You can't help, but every time you see me, you see my team. Because by myself, I can accomplish nothing. But with my team, we can accomplish the work that Jesus has set us out to do. Right at the very beginning of chapter 2, we have a question that leads into verse 2 that says, Then make me truly happy by agreeing. It's hard to agree, y'all. You ever try to just agree on where we're going to eat? It's difficult. It is. It is. I'm wherever you want. That's not true. It's loaded. Wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Go to your jobs for a moment. How many of our workplaces reflect that we agree wholeheartedly? Oh, man, we work together with one mind and one purpose. Yeah. Nah. Most of the places I've worked, shipping's mad at sales, sales man, mad at upper management. Upper management is just mad that people aren't working as hard as them. Marketing team thinks nobody gets it because their wins are intangible. And then you have this kind of turmoil, and then we kind of show face for maybe the corporate team meeting. We hope we're going to get a little bonus or something. And, and what they found is, 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 is what motivates people more than anything isn't money. It's purpose. And for us, I believe purpose is directly tied to love. And I believe today, no matter how many times we've wanted to take our ball and go home and give up on what God wants to do, God wants a team. He meant that you and me, we got to do this thing together. So if we actually believe that that is fundamental, we're going to be forced to actually work on it together. But what does society scream? When you don't want a team, I'm going to be traded. How many times have we seen that the grass is not greener? In fact, the grass is only greener where you, me, water it. There's a fun, funny video of what it looks like to work on a team here with some ants. And there's a great proverb that says, consider the ants' ways. And look at us today like this. Hey, you there, pick up
2: the paint. They're falling behind. 17, 17, 17, 17. Ah! Come on, let's go. Everyone, hold together. we got us a rescue on our hands. You, 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 you,
0: It's a commercial for a travel company but the principle's really true. By ourselves we will get sucked up, suffocated, darkness comes attack, we're alone, we're secluded. You know what is interesting is the lie that all of us lies aren't new. Does anybody know that? We've all believed at some point that we don't fit in and we don't belong. I've heard that a trillion times. I don't I don't fit in, I don't belong. I was riding with somebody yesterday, and they said, man, I I didn't feel like I fit in and belong, but I realized I do at City Life. But it took me a while to believe that. This person fits in and belongs. It was so interesting. The person they said fits in, belongs, was somebody who was going to leave the church because they said they didn't belong. (laughs) And I called them, and I said, that is the biggest lie ever. What would make you think that? Oh, well, I'm a little bit older than everybody. And I thought, my goodness. If there's one place you belong and you're older, it's in the church. So I think what's really happened, yeah, but I can't carry things the way I used to. I can't be in that heavy season of lifting anymore. Well, let me free you. We don't want that season anymore. We need you around preserving and encouraging in legacy mode because there's different seasons. And for all of us, we've all felt that we don't belong. And now fit is important. Chemistry is important. But let's understand that there is a lie for each one of us that will tell us that we're alone and nobody gets it and nobody understands. But it is a lie. 100%. A lie is a lie because it's not true. God says that it's not good that you and me should be alone that he gives a helper and that's the first marriage. And he also said that you and I will be in a body together in unity, right? So what is stopping us? In fact, when we look at Galatians 3:28 it says that there's no longer Jew or Gentile. We looked at last week we brought a white person and a black person on stage and we said we're going to fight back to back because there's no races, there's no faces, There's no money or class that can separate God's love for people that are all created in his image. Like, how hollow would it be that we wouldn't team up together? Now there's neither slave nor free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. When we come into the faith with Jesus... We recognize he's been crucified, so therefore I have now crucified myself. It is no longer I who live, but Jesus who lives in me. And I live on this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Love comes, I respond, and then now it's still for love that I'm part of the team. And so when you see me, you see my team. See, being one with Christ is a right all believers have. Every single if, 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 if today you're on the outside and don't know Jesus, he's beckoning you in. He's calling you close. He's saying, I love you. I brought you here. I want to tell you what I've done. I want to show you that I've created you, made you. I have a purpose. That's, when you get into my blueprint, I think you'll find freedom unlike this world can offer because I know you. I've made you. And he offers that, and he invites us into that experience to, in the family of God. And as we find that freedom, though, then we become one. And this is a right that every single person who believes in Jesus has. We are one with Christ. That means we can all be selfish. Well, who does he like the most? Me. I'm not sure we believe we have that access. But today, if we believe, all right, I am one, and it is a right I have. Everyone has this membership, no matter the race, no matter the class, no matter the culture. So the lie that we don't fit in, it doesn't matter. We have the same daddy. Now, styles is what we mean, but I want to put my preferences second. I want what's going to help the mission and ultimately believe in a mission that will exceed my lifetime. I don't expect 40 years from now we're still listening to my favorite song here at City Life. And in fact, the songs we play, I don't even know most of them. Why? Because I let other people do that. And we dream within a lens that we're all thinking through relevance. We're aware of an ancient story. But we're also aware that, hey, it's 2020. And so it's okay to create and be futuristic as well. There's always, once we fall in love with this adventure, that there's new creative things. And so today, if we make a flag, we put a flag in the ground, put this flag in the ground. We are better together. That's why when you see me, you see my team. My team's awesome. You know who my team is? You. Some of you haven't been on the team yet. You've been sitting on the sidelines. Come on. Because you thought "Mm, you you had to be LeBron. I had to be LeBron. But God's not calling us to be LeBron. He's calling us to be ourselves. And what season we're in. Well, I can't carry as much in this season. Can we still pray? Can we still commit? Can we do something? And to believe we are in a lane. When we're one, I think of have one mind and one purpose working together. I think of maybe a, you know, a a dancing crew. If you ever watched America's Got Talent and they all get together and they dance and they're in sync and they're in symmetry, right? They're in sync. How many bands really stay together though? How many groups really stay together? Because at some point adversity will come and we can either decide to play or pay the price of conflict for intimacy Conflict resolution. If I want to be a part of a team, if I want to be working together, if I want to agree wholeheartedly, if you want to see me, you see my team. I gotta lean in when I'm actually uncomfortable to being led. And it's okay today. Friends, God is not looking for anything more than your lane. Anybody ran track in the room? Track is nerve-wracking. I ran track for one year. Track, you get down, you you know, on your mark, get set. It is so scary. But when I think about it, it's a lie that I'm scared. Because I'm only as fast as I am. It doesn't matter. So I'm not racing against them. I'm racing against my own time. Now, if you have a bunch of equals and we're splitting hairs like the Olympics, but you know who normally wins the race? The fastest person. It's not like other sports where you can start to get some momentum. Oh, came back out of nowhere. A team hit a shot we didn't. But yet Christianity is not a solo sport. But yet like track, we're only called to be in our own lane or we get disqualified. So we actually ask, we have to ask the Lord, what lane am I in? What team am I on? What's worth my commitment? And what's stopping me from being a part of a dance, a rhythm, a soundtrack? I think of beats per minute a lot. go open the eyes and the the band comes in it'd be so weird if someone else is like I want to do my own tempo you know but yet it's what we do in life our bosses they can't lead us our parents spouses our friends our leaders I don't want to be at that tempo today I want us to see the beauty of a temple and think of what could be stopping us from true unity. There's a clip here from N.T. Wright, and he's got just a powerful thought on what's stopping us from unity in the church, uh, lowercase c and then big c, the churches all across the state, nation, and world.
3: In the English and English. And then as theological divisions emerge, Those churches embrace different ways and then they say, oh, they're heretics down the road. Whereas, in fact, they were just speaking a different language. And it may turn out there are theological differences. I'm not saying theological differences aren't important. Believe me, they're hugely important. But if we remain disunited and don't even care, then the principalities and powers are still running the show. Ephesians 3, Paul says that through the church, the, the multiplex wisdom of God, its a lovely phrase in Greek, sophia theou, the many-colored, many splendid wisdom of God might be made known to the principalities and powers. And this is the point. Caesar would have loved to have had an empire in which people of all sorts were happy in one big family. It never worked. He tried to impose it as a and a Roman uniformity. Paul is saying the glorious multicolored variety of the church is supposed to be united. And when that happens, Caesar will know that God has called time on his oppressive empire. I think the biggest problem that the Western church faces today is the scandal of disunity. Uh, I'm I'm speaking here in America, but in my own country in the UK. We have dozens of different Christian denominations, I'm told there are hundreds here in the USA, and so it is over much of the world. And I think if we were to transplant Peter or Paul or, or Jesus himself into our world and say, what strikes you as most odd about the church here? they would say we just can't believe how you have all these different Christian movements and often they hardly even talk to each other or they're very suspicious of each other. Now of course that was a problem in the early church as well. When Paul is writing Romans, he clearly wants the different house churches in Rome to get to know each other and not be suspicious of one another and not kind of resist the way that the others do stuff but rather to work on getting together so that as he says you may with one heart and one mouth glorify the one God
0: you know when I think of our Christians Christian brothers and sisters across the city um, I gotta ask myself do I celebrate when I hear about them do I celebrate the style, the method, et cetera, and they to asked the same question. Do they, do they celebrate when they think of city life? Or as our first thing to think of, as most relationships are, what do we disagree on first? Let's talk about that, which is actually very important. But if we can focus on common goals, then we start to then move forward. And how do we even begin there? It's a heart posture. It's not an action item. I think we're so far past action items of how we could be unified. You know where it starts? It starts first in my heart of how I even think about churches all across the nation. And then it starts in our heart of how we live it out right here. Because I don't believe most of us have a call to go at denominations and figure out all the nuances. That's reserved for very specific leaders. But, but over time, whether it's um, an economic incentive or uh, a, a theological difference whatever it may be we've been able to be our freedom has actually hindered us from playing ball the right way because we are so, so siloed throughout the city and throughout the state and throughout the nation and world we're so siloed but when we're forced to get close to people about love working together if it's about the work then we can do something together if it's about the work, and then we have to define what is the work, etc. And again, I think that's reserved for leadership, and I'm praying those days come. And I've been encouraged. There's pastors I know throughout the city. Their hearts are for that, but sometimes the model will make it slow. So we got to be patient with our brothers and sisters because we have the same dad. But you know how we can display that most is actually be about unity in the sphere we're in. Because sometimes we just talk a big game. Like, I wish the church was unified. What team are you on? I I ain't on a team yet. Oh, oh, I church hurt me. Oh, I get it. But like, wait, what? What hurt you? And sometimes this is what I found. God was using maybe that good leader or bad leader to teach us something. Because we weren't ready yet. And that's okay if we trust. And now there is times when there's bad leadership. Are you kidding me? Duh, if something is unbiblical, like straight don't follow that junk. But people will make mistakes, though, too. So there's this tension, there's this dance, there's this together, and there's bad examples, but there's so many good examples. The good examples are like, we can see in sports teams, we can see in a good marriage, we can see Christ in his church. There's some businesses we get to hear that are unified. So what stops us from these good examples? It's Philippians 2, verse 3. I believe it's being selfish, and we're trying to impress others, and we want our time to shine. I got to get my time to shine. I deserve this. I put in X amount. It's my time to shine. It's one of the biggest lies I had to bury at the cross of Jesus. Most of my life, it was built on success. How do I win? Love sports. Thought I was going to try to make it to the league. It's hilarious. But this is before, like, the Internet. So you didn't know how good everybody was. So if you were best on your block, you're going to the league. So I was going to the league. And I found out I wasn't going to league, and I'm like, I can't win at that. What am I going to win at? I'm going to win at selling drugs. I can't win at that because you can go to jail. So what am I going to win at? Here I am depressed at the feet of Jesus because most of my life was built on how I win, but Christianity is built on Jesus already won. I'm found fully free, so now I can move forward and work as one working for the Lord to bring him glory and of course, there's times when I want to be selfish and impressed, but I got to bury those. And there was a TV sermon on one time. My early pastors were uh, TV preachers because I didn't know anything. And uh, God uses that. And, and, and I'm watching one of them, and he was like, You need to give up what you think you deserve, and God will give you more than you dreamed of. And I knew it. It was a big billboard for me. I thought I deserved success, I thought I deserved winning. And I just really never fell in love with the grind, the process. You know what selfish motives do? And when we give up that that need to to win and we start to want to serve, we move from self-serving to serving others. We move from pride to to humility. And the tug of war is always at hand. And for us, we're always trying to impress somebody. I remember um, at recess one time, uh, fourth grade, practice or I mean the, the middle of the game the girls are watching you know and I'm fourth grade who should even be thinking about a girlfriend but I'm watching the girls are watching and it was tight rolled pants were in and and my pants came untied during the middle of the game and I was like time out and I because I was so self-conscious trying to impress them so so and I went to tie and I, and I went up and I was like all right we can play again as silly as that sounds some of us were spending so much of our life to try to impress somebody to tight roll our pants, instead of just falling in love with the one who already fell in love with us. There's no one to impress today, friends. We are found in Jesus. So then we get to see what we're supposed to do. Verse 3, be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. So yeah, we got interest. We need to take care of ourselves. For sure, first take care of yourself. But Let's not let it end with us. The end of our rainbow can't be our own self in the pot of gold. It's got to be Jesus and his people. How do we check our motives? There's three things i got to ask myself often. Is it really about God? Is it really about his people, the team, the church? Is it really about all people? Because he made everybody. Does it really benefit them? Because if it doesn't, it might be self-serving selfish ambition, and it might be interests that only serve to impress me. And I don't want to live that fourth grade moment anymore. I want to do something that's way bigger than myself. Fair? So now we are finding ourselves reminded in Philippians 2 that we need to be a humble servant because being a humble servant is so next level. So next level. Picture this. Your favorite TV show interrupts for the 30-second ad, or maybe they're getting crazy now, 180-second ads, and then there's this commercial that comes on, and it says, hey, friend, you're amazing. There's only one of you, and you get the privilege of humbling yourself right now. Humble yourself, because the status you long for is found in humility. What? There's no ads like that, because when we think next level, most of the time, I dare venture, it's tied with selfish ambition and impressing somebody. But God is calling us to a place of humility. You know, in rap culture, isn't rap music's not known for humility? But humble beast is a bunch of Christians that are pastors and preachers, and uh, and they have these shirts that say, "Just more humble rappers, please." Right? It's that shirt, "More humble rappers, please." But humility, so if we got to go around telling somebody we're humble, we're not. Humility is something we exercise, but something that other people notice. And it's the on-ramp to a selfless life. So how do we do it? I believe we have to have a common goal and a mission, one purpose, one mind. Okay, so we got to get connected into what Jesus is doing. There, uh, from a Billy Graham article online, it gave some tips on what humility looks like. I think it's really cool. I'll run through these pretty fast. Routinely confess your sin to God. Acknowledge your sin to others. Actively submit to authority, the good and the bad, 1 Peter 2.18. Receive correction and feedback from others graciously. Accepts a lowly place. Purposely associate with people in a lower state than you. Choose to serve others. Be quick to forgive. Cultivate a grateful heart. Purpose to speak well of others. And treat pride as a condition that always necessitates embracing the cross. Meaning it has to get out of me now. You know what serving in this church does for me? was one of the coolest things. It forces me to always examine my motives, and is it about me or is it about God's people? And every day, wrestling that. Okay, why are we doing it? Who are we doing it for? How do we empower the right person? So I I, I find it quite freeing that I, I get to be a part of, and you do too. I think this is what happens when we serve the Church of Jesus Christ. We get to remember it's not ours. Friends, most of our businesses... They can be about us, and we can hide it. But fundamentally, in what we do, even if we were to try to take the glory, it'll be short-lived. The glory is reserved for Jesus alone. Especially here. Like, here is where it starts. This is it. This is how we roll. So how do we do this? Okay, if we're convinced, okay, I'm in. I'm in. How do we do it? Just look to Jesus. That's what Paul writes in verse 5. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had, though he was God. He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. And this is that TV preacher moment. When I give up what I think I deserve, God will give me more than I dreamed of. So if now I find myself dying like Jesus did to self and all of that junk. In fact, some of us, we've been walking with Jesus a long time. We thought that junk went away. More stuff keeps coming out. It's called different layers. The roots are going down further. Generational stuff's coming out. The anger, the resentment, the bitterness, the insecurities. But every time, Jesus is patient to meet us there. And when we die to self, here's what happens. We get to share in this victory. Imagine this victory party, verse 9. Therefore God elevated him to the place of the highest honor and gave him the name that is above all other names. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Wow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know what we do when we serve? When we consider others higher than ourselves with our time, our talents, and our treasure, our money, when we do that, we're pointing to Jesus and saying, yeah, he's king. It's about him. I'm just his height, man. It was my privilege to serve for him. And that's tough, friends. But it's so beautiful because when we die daily, that's when we find the most freedom. On the back of our Love the City truck, we have this phrase. You want to know what our one mission, one mind is? How do you connect to the one mission, one mind at City Life? It's this. We want every single person to know that they're loved by God. We want every single person to know that there's a family that God has made, and he wants to invite them in it. But we also want to remind them that they have individual purpose, but together we have corporate purpose. Those are two, but they're together. So you have, you have talents that nobody else has that you can do on yourself. I mean, do with yourself in your own time, your own nature, your own outlets. But together, when we play, we all submit our gifts to one another. And that takes time. It's way harder to paint together. But that's what Paul was saying. Work together. And when we do that, when we show that unity, oh, the world will see. All the leaders will see that everything's different. Everything's different because we're better together. We're agreeing wholeheartedly. We're loving one another, and we're working together with one mind and one purpose. Here, practically, here's how this fleshes out, and I want to land with a couple examples, and then we'll get out of here and you know go about our day. But this fleshes out for at city life. If Apostle Paul today was he's reminding the early church to be unified for which is so contrary to Caesar and the Roman Empire there, selfish ambitions everywhere. The contrast is is. We're, 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 we show the glory of God throughout how we live in moments just like it did then as it does here. And that's why we've created the dream team. Maybe you not even know. Oh, I've heard of the dream team. The dream team is our form of being committed to work together, membership. And it's also a way of saying, hey, I'm going to serve together, one mind, one purpose and we are committed to that so much that we think about the health of somebody because we recognize the health of somebody is a healthy life that's serving. And that's hard because I know we're exhausted. But if there's one thing we're gonna quit, let's not let it be serving for Jesus Christ and His church. Let's go quit something else. Because here's the thing God wants something for us, not from us, when we're serving in the church. The leaders they don't just want you to be on the soundboard. They actually want us to serve together so we can be an experience to remember he's alive. Every time we come together, we're saying, he's alive. He conquered death. We have victory. He's alive. And that anyone can come home. You need help? Come on, you can come back home. Jesus forgives. Jesus saves. That's exciting. That's why we rally, to remind each other, to encourage each other, to stir one another up that our mission matters. Our mission matters. I'm going to give us a couple examples, and I want to jump down to Timothy in verse 20 and play us a video. Uh, Timothy is one of the examples of how this fleshes out. He says, man, I got Timothy. I got no one else like him who generally cares about your welfare. All the other people care for themselves. i got to ask myself, what crowd am I in? And not for what matters to Jesus Christ. But you know how Timothy has proved himself like a son with his father. What's this look like? Serving with the Lord looks like a a great dad and a great son relationship. Served with me in preaching the good news. I gotta spend time to do that. I gotta submit my gifts. And I gotta say my treasure is not my own. In fact, Timothy's such a team player. We learn in Acts 16.3, Paul wanted him, Paul who's writing this letter to, you know, to Philippi, but also to us today, wanted him to join them on their journey in the difference to the Jews to the area so there would be a good strategy, a different way to present the mission. He arranged for Timothy to be circumcised at 30 years old for the sake of the mission. Friends, if I had to be real today, sometimes it gets frustrating in our culture how big the gap is from serving Christ. But yet I empathize because I know we're caught up in so much of a web, we can't even get out of it. We want the benefits of 2,000 years ago of a risen Jesus, but then we start to see the early church and we just think their commitment's too serious. In fact, they committed so that you and I would be more serious today. And we hear, oh, he was circumcised then for the mission. I could never sacrifice. But he was so consumed. Look, this is not pressure. He was so consumed by the call and the passion of how good God is. Today, friends, don't ever serve unless you're enamored with the love of Christ. And how do you get there? Gaze upon him. And then out of that starts to then come, you know what? I want to play ball. I want to be on the team. And he goes out and he and uh, and, uh Uh, He gets circumcised, but I love verse 4 because it reminds us. They were instructing the people, and decisions were made, in the elders in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in their faith and grew larger every day. When we give up what we think we deserve, when you see me, you see my team. If I want to play ball together, I'm going to really do that. God grows people because God didn't want to just use the worship team on stage or me on a microphone. He wants to use you. And I pray today that that's what we feel. I think there's a clip from this movie that really shows it of, to me, what a preacher feels like sometimes. Just envision, uh, envision this from a church setting.
2: Can like someone it. tell me what happens when a <laughs> cell stagnates? Okay, no one's listening to me. I will try again. Anyone know what happens to a stagnant cell? What's
0: going on on the table? I don't know, something
2: about cells. Malia. It's not good. Did you hear that? It ain't good. People, a cell that is not in motion is not a productive member of the system. It ends up assuming all the other cells are gonna pick up the slack somewhere, but they don't. In fact, they imitate the stray cell until basically the whole organism begins to die. Yeah. But you know what? Biology is an amazing thing. And here's the good news. All that decays can be restored. It's just hitting anybody.
1: Like how a cut heals.
2: Like how a cut heals. Brian, my man.
1: Oh, <laughs> look. You got one.
2: And once that cell is back on track, it creates energy amongst the other cells. That's what happens. It starts getting a little movement going. It gets a little rumble. Can I get a little rumble from everybody? Everybody just rumble in your seats right now for me. Just rumble a little bit. Okay, no rumble. That's fine. I'll be the lone rumbler up here. That's what I am. I'm a lone rumbler. But then the cell starts banging into the other cells. And the cells push back and go, hey, what are you doing to me? They hit into another one. Hey, don't do that. Hey, that's my friend. You don't even know him. You don't know me either. <laughs> I know you, we work together. Because then they hit a rhythm. They all hit a rhythm. And this is the beginning of the restorative process. So now, even if the entire system is close to dead, what happens? Martinez, come on. Give me something. Oh, no, not today. Oh, no, not in my house. No, 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 Look out. here we come. Don't look up my pant leg, Derek. You're better than that. That's right over you. Come on, man. What do you say? If all the cells work together, what will happen?
3: entire system is healed. Exactly.
2: That is a sick dragon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the dude teaching the class a lot of times. I'm like, come on, we can do it together. Rhythm, right? Amen. You know, we leave. and But I want to be real. Just, we exist not just for Sunday. We exist that we can play ball together. We can be a team. And we want to clearly help people know how. She's like, okay, I'm in. Well, how would I do that? I want to let you know it's going to take time. Like any good team. There's going to be hurt. There's going to be challenges. But it's worth it. Because when the cells work together, the whole body will be healed. That's us. There's two action items here when you think of, okay, practically, I want to apply this. Okay, I'm in. I want to humble myself today. I want to give up everything. As a church, we want to help you facilitate what some next steps could look like. One, we have a dream team here that you can serve in any different department. And gifts are overrated, but being a servant is underrated. That you might not even know what department I could serve, but it's kind of like working out. Let's just start. Let's find out what exercises you like and start to get this rhythm down and submit our life to do it together with a mission and a model. Because we still believe that God uses the church. We choose a Sunday morning Because percentage-wise, more people have that time off and it reminds us that he rose from the dead and that he's alive. And so a statement we make together, but we're also aware that the building is not what we're about. It's the people that we're building. And the church isn't a Sunday. The church is everywhere we go. We are the church. We aren't an outreach program we are the reach of God. We, As we reach and touch everybody, that is the outreach, us, me, you. So dream team, you say, today, okay, I want to take that step. I want to join the dream team. You can talk to somebody at the table. You can put it in the app and say, I, I'm not sure where, but today I, I feel like I want to do it together wholeheartedly. I want to be in one mind. I want to get in sync. And can you just commit and submit to the model that's there? And, and if not, you can, like, like, you don't have to, but... But just know that the model's there. Ask them why. There's a, there's a model. Because check-in matters for the kids. I'm grateful when people are checking in with a smile. I'm grateful that those computers work. I'm grateful that the people got here early and make sure the computer. I'm grateful that I get to just come and enjoy these things. But it took many hands, many ants to make sure. And when we're together, you know, something happens. We get to know each other more. We're, we're, we're saying, this is my home. And, and, and we're, we're just really, we're doing something together. There's something about the huddle that can't happen anywhere else. But, but look, you might say, well, I can only do it once a quarter. Cool. Do, just feel grace today. Where are you at? But there's somebody else that's like, you know, you've been doing once a quarter, but God might be saying once a week because He wants you closer. I don't know. So I trust the Holy Spirit. And then, secondly, we have groups launching. It's going to be March 8th, 23 groups. For us to get together to work together to grow together and in those groups we confess we learn we ask questions some people talk way too much ridiculous so shout out to the group leaders that are going to try to facilitate that but also newsflash the group leaders are broken too and they need you as well so the group model isn't one that we're teaching Everyone's a teacher, and everyone's a student, and those leaders are just simply facilitating God's heartbeat and God's dialogue. It'll take a minute to learn more of the mission and the vision here at City Life, but we got material that can help that. You can ask questions, and and ultimately, I, I hear the text of Philippians 2 reminding us, hey, let's agree wholeheartedly. Let's be of one mind and one purpose. We look at examples like Timothy that are just, Paul, what do you need? Circumcision, I'm in. Okay, look, we're not asking for circumcision. (laughs) We just run a background check. (laughs) And if you got a background, it's okay. We just check accordingly so that we can protect you and cover you, not expose you. Just like a good doctor would, right? A good doctor has to know. You're not supposed to lie to your doctor. I've asked him in the doctor's office before can I tell you stuff off the record because I don't want them typing it because they they'll use it against you sometimes you say the word depression and they're throwing medicine at you quick as can be I thank God that I have a doctor that's a good one that shows me what a team can look like that I trust my doctor and we can have that conversation but that's taken some time friend I pray for you today that the grace of heaven will reset your view on a team That today we can start to have unity. I think, let's not rush it. Let's wait a little longer. Meaning, before we think we can show what this unity looks like, let's ask the Lord today, God, I humble myself, okay? God, I humble myself. I don't want a selfish ambition. I don't want to be seeking the interest of others. God, I just want your approval, the audience of one, If I'm trying to please people through my job or my performance, it it won't mean nothing because I'm not a pleasing you. God, we just want to please you today. It's not about how much we serve. It's not about how fast we are. We just want to be in our lane. Holy Spirit, will you speak to each one of your kids, I pray, to remind them they're awesome, to remind them the race is worth it, to remind them the good news is worth sharing, to remind them serving is beautiful, and to hear the commercial of heaven saying, Being humble is so next level. I want next level. I want next level. So therefore, we humble ourselves and say, God, have control of our life. It's not ours, but for your glory. In the name of Jesus, if we believe it, we say a big amen. Come on. Come on, if you believe that, come on. Like a huddle today, like make a little noise, like you're actually on the team. Like there's a friend that's about to get sucked out and we have to get around them. that there's an ant and we gotta get so close. Like saying something with your own, come on, say something, just a little bit, just a little bit. I'm I'm on the desk right now saying the rhythm. Come on, when the cells work together, we can do just a little bit, right? Just a little bit. Look, have the best Sunday of your whole entire life. I pray God encouraged you, I pray God reminded you, and I pray that you'll start somewhere. Jump on the dream team, get in a group, and we would love to run this race together with one mission and one mind. We'll see you guys next week. We're going to keep loving this city one life at a time. All ages, all races, all faces, you belong here. And we won't stop until God makes all things new.
1: Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.